Welcome to the 12th episode of the Art of You podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Danny Miranda, host of the Danny Miranda podcast. Danny has cultivated a community of impact and positivity on Twitter. In this episode, we learn about Danny's mindset shift over the last few years, what he learned about himself while committing to the 75 Hard program, his meditation practice, and how that practice has developed. One of my favorite parts of this chat was Danny's thoughts on our relation to social media and, and the world and how we always have constant inputs and how important it is to manage these inputs. I hope you enjoy this episode. Ladies and gents, we are here today with Danny Miranda of the Danny Miranda podcast. Danny, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. This is going to be awesome. So excited to hear what you have to say today. I'm so grateful you had me on, Jimmy. I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. You know, there's so much that I want to talk about um, and, you know, learn from you, hear about your story and give everybody the opportunity to kind of have one compact place to learn kind of like your whole progression over the last couple of years of personal developments and self-discovery. Yesterday, I kind of binged through your podcast a little bit, listened to um, an interview where Tej Dosa, it kind of like inter interviewed you, asked you questions. Um, and you brought up a moment, June 2018, a uh, little over two and a half years ago. Can you kind of walk us through, kind of compare your mindset then to right now? Absolutely. So when I graduated college in June of 2018, I was focused on one thing, money, 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 money. I need to get mine. I need to get as much money as possible. I need to figure out a way to make money because I don't want to work for anyone. That, this is where my mindset is. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I could do it on my own. I could figure things out. And so June of 2018, I, I was just scrolling through Twitter going through it. And, and I came across this thing called drop shipping and e-commerce. And I started diving deep into it. I started learning everything there was to know about it, got going into courses and, and mentors and people and just trying to learn it and squeeze as much information out of it as I possibly could. So the long story short is that in, this, in, in June of 2018 versus January of 2020, I was in January of 2020, I'm a much more love-oriented, person-oriented, as opposed to money. That I would say that's the major difference between then and today. Hearing that is like so, so different with, you know, following you on Twitter, the things that you're sharing. It sounds like you've gone through such a process of going from caring about Danny Miranda to how can Danny Miranda impact the world and the most positive, share your positive energy with everybody. Did that happen first through your community on Twitter? Can you talk about how that shift kind of first started to happen? Yeah. So what actually happened was in August of 2019, I was working for my good friends, my friends, Nate and Scotty, for those who would know on Twitter. But I was working for them and I wasn't fulfilled doing the job that I was doing. 
So it was really difficult for me because every day I would kind of have this, this sense of, of not fulfillment. I don't know what exactly to call it, but it was a lack of fulfillment in the things I was doing on a daily basis. And that led me to drink alcohol way more than I should have. It led me to, to gamble and not really, not really care about myself and love myself. But I didn't know that in those terms. I just was just really struggling to, to be a functional human being. And I didn't even realize it. I wasn't even aware. So what happened was I started to withdraw from Twitter. And I, would, I was posting from June of 2018 to, to March of 2019. And then there was a period where I just stopped posting. And that probably should have told me and, and been a trigger that something was wrong because I really do enjoy posting. I do try to, I enjoy trying to help people. So, um, yeah. So what happened was I withdrew from Twitter. I took time to start focusing on myself and start asking myself key questions and start going deeper on myself. It started by quitting my job. And that was a very difficult decision because my job was something that I loved those guys. They, they were really good, but it didn't align with who I wanted to be. And then I just started going and started working on myself in any way possible. That was 75 hard. That was meditation. That was starting to do yoga. Things that were difficult for me. And it was, and it was amazing because it was actually changing my mentality. It was changing the way I thought about things. Dropshipping and e-commerce is how much money can I make in the next month. That's how I was viewing it. A lot of people don't view it that way, but I was viewing it that way. And instead, I started thinking, wow, long-term success and long-term growth happens over a period of years. Stop focusing on the next month and start focusing on the next decade. Um, I love that, Danny. Um, yeah, dude. So uh, it sounds like you you really went from, okay, what am I doing today and how can I make money for today or tomorrow or, or next week where you had a shift when you were doing 75 hard and we can kind of share what that, that process is where you're like, Hey, I need to instill these habits um, that I can do every single day to change who I'm actually becoming. Can you talk about before 75 hard and then working through that program and what it did for you? 75 hard changed my life in so many ways because in addition to, so these five habits, you do five habits every day, basically you do, one, two 45-minute workouts. One has to be outside. You take a progress picture. You, you follow a diet, you, which can't be no alcohol involved in that. Uh, you do 10 pages of reading and you drink a gallon of water and you do that every day. And anyone could do this for one day. And that's what I realized. Anyone can do it for one day, but it takes someone special to do it for 75 days in the sense of you need the consistency. You need to be able to keep going. And that was a, an unlock for me. The fact that anyone could do it for one day and it is open to us for one day all the time to climb that mountain. That is exciting because if I could do it once, then I could do it 75 times. And I think the consistency of doing something so simple over and over and over again drilled into my head the importance of consistency for long-term growth. What impact did 75 Hard have on you in terms of confidence as showing up every day as a creator? It was so 
It was, it was mind blowing, truly, because in terms of creating, it's the same idea. You are literally, if it's just me and writing, right, I can show up every day. And the thing is, I didn't, before doing 75 hard, I didn't believe in myself to show up every day. I didn't believe that I was capable or I was the type of person to do that. And so after 75 hard, I I was like, look, I proved it to myself. I did do that for 75 days and I'm doing that and I'm enjoying the process of doing that. And that was just like, holy smokes. Like if I can do this for that, what can I do this for in a, in a huge sense? And so, yeah, it, it was incredibly life-changing and mind altering from that perspective. Can you talk about what 75 hard might have done for your energy levels and what the toughest part of that program was? The toughest part of the program is taking a progress picture. And the reason why that is, is because it is something that people think is the easiest. And when you think something is easy, you brush it off and say, oh, I don't need to do that. I don't need to worry about doing that. The amount of people who have failed the program because they haven't taken a progress picture is incredible. And so, and it's a good, it's a good lesson for life that the small things of life will turn the big things and make the big things what they are. So you need to be, you need to be able to focus on the small thing. And the toughest part was just, and the confidence and energy levels, it was crazy because I was just, I was just firing on all cylinders. I was able to do, if I said I was going to do something, I started, I would be able to do that. And when your word becomes your wand, the, the game of life is, is starts getting really fun because then you say, oh, I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to do three a week. And then you start doing it. Then you start saying, oh, I'm going to start this blog and do this and do that. And you actually do it. So many times before doing 75 hard, I would try to set these intentions for myself and I would be unable to do it. But after 75 hard, I was able to do it and follow through because I believed in myself and getting that confidence from the program was something that I'm forever grateful for. I love that. Um, It sounds like you really understood, you got to learn a lot about yourself and you understood what it takes to really force yourself to do a new habit every single day. You know, from what I hear or what I read on your uh, Twitter and your website, like I know that you're a big fan of meditation. One quote that I feel like really embodies what meditation is about and the benefits is like, become who you are by learning who you are. And that's from a Greek poet, Pindar. Our good friend, Chase Maher, for a couple of years had been preaching the benefits of meditation to me. And like, he wouldn't say, hey, Jimmy, you should do meditation. But I would just kind of write off like, yeah, that's not for me, whatever. I don't care about that. But can you talk about um, what meditation has provided you in terms of mental clarity and focus and I know it's changed your life from what you shared. So if you can just kind of run through (laughs) meditation uh, in the life of Danny Miranda. For sure. And it's so funny because I was actually just on the phone with my buddy in the last week and I was having that same conversation that Chase was having with you. I was having with my buddy, like, listen, this is something that I do. This is something that's benefited me and this is why I do it. And what I told him basically was that I do it because it allows me to become aware of my thoughts. It allows me to 
be able to have that time for myself where I'm going to the therapist, where there is things going on in my brain. And everyone has this, right? Like the things that are in the back of your brain that you don't pay any attention to, whether that be situations where people wronged you or you wronged someone or situations that you haven't identified in a long time. But once you do, you become free from it. It's that the, that the power of meditation holds. And it's something, it's like one of those key habits. I could talk on and on about it all day because it, it just, once you become aware, that's it. The game's over. You start having fun. You start like, you realize, oh my God, if I'm aware of my thoughts, that means that I can then change my thoughts. And once you can change your thoughts, then it's like, wow, you could go in any direction you want. Can you talk about like how you started meditating and then how your practice has progressed to now? Yeah. So the, the story that I love to tell because it really encapsulates the importance of meditation is I was meditating for three months straight for 20 minutes in the morning. And when I say meditating, what I'm doing is literally just sitting there focusing on the breath or focusing on nothing and just eyes closed trying to get to that place of nothingness or the breath. And when it changes, when the thoughts come and the thoughts will come to not be mad at myself or, or beat myself up, but just direct my thoughts back to the breath with loving kindness and, and just respect for myself. And so that's the practice that I'm doing. And I was doing that for 20 minutes a day for three months straight in San Diego. I come back to New York and I start driving a car for the first time. Wasn't driving in San Diego, didn't have a car. And I sit at a red light and I notice my entire body become agitated. I know <laughs> I I noticed like, oh my God, the, I'm I'm freaking out. Like, why isn't this light green? Come on, let, let this light be green already. And then I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Look at what hap is happening to my body right now. And I literally started to laugh because it was so crazy to me that my body was having this reaction and it had been having that reaction every single time it was stopped at a red light or traffic, but now I can notice it. And that brought me so much joy because it's just exactly what we were talking about, that once you notice your thoughts, you can then change them. But the practice that I'm doing now is currently a, a 60 minute meditation where I I just sit with my thoughts and dude, it sounded so intimidating to me, you know, when I first started in, in uh, May and I was like, wow, 60 minutes, I can't do 60 minutes. That's crazy. But once you start, it's like you go deeper on yourself, you go deeper on issues, you, you uncover things and it allows you to provide yourself with more joy, more energy in the moment and just a greater expression of who you truly are, at least from my perspective. I love that progression. And yeah, 60 minutes is honestly, to me, 60 minutes straight sounds kind of daunting. But yeah, meditation is one of those weird things. Like, uh, it's almost like you need to find it yourself. Is there somebody that first kind of got you into meditation? Yeah, it was Tej. And you're yeah. absolutely right about that. With the sense that someone else needs to draw you into like you need to get it yourself and you need to figure it out yourself. And it's the same way as working out. I always make that comparison. If I sit someone down and I say, Hey, work out for four times a week. And this is what you need to do. People are going to be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. like you, like, I'm not going to do that. So you need to, it's one of those things where like reading, like meditating, like, it's all the same. It's like, if you find it yourself and you think yourself like, oh, this is something I need to do. This is a great idea. 
then you will start to do it. And someone can can serve as an example. Like, you know, if someone's listening to this and, and is like, wow, this dude is full of energy. Like this dude is crazy. Like what's going on? And then that forces them to dig deeper. Then that is a, a good strategy. Just living your life as an example of what you think others should do and let them decide. I absolutely love that. It, meditation really has like so many benefits for your mental clarity, your energy, just having calmness and have, and being able to identify, for example, when you're in traffic or at a red light, like, oh, I'm tense right now. Um, yeah, like before I started meditating, I wouldn't even notice those types of moments. And sometime in the last year, you did some form of digital detox. Can you talk about um, that five-day period and what, what you did and what realizations you had in that detox? Definitely. So what happened was I started realizing that we get all these inputs in all the time, inputs, inputs, inputs. From the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep, we are listening to other people. And I started having all this fun with meditation. I started doing it hour a day, but I was like, what would happen if I removed all these inputs entirely? What would happen if I just for five days uh, was just me, my thoughts, and, and a couple of books and a journal? What would happen? What type of insights would I gain? And it was incredible. I went for five days in a, a little cabin in Pennsylvania on the Delaware River. And it was, it was just, at first, it was really difficult. It was the first couple of days were tough. I was, I was in a, a, a weird headspace checking for notifications that couldn't come. And then in the third day, you start to settle into it and realize like, oh, wow, I'm starting to get used to not knowing who I am. Because that's what happens. We have people who are, are talking to us and, and addressing us like, hey, Jimmy, and I'm reminding you that you are Jimmy and that Jimmy does this and Jimmy has done this in the past. And it's like when you remove that, it's like Jimmy doesn't exist anymore. And that is crazy. And it's scary and also exciting because from that place, you can then create a new reality. And it's really interesting because when I was out there, those were the days when I really solidified and I really, it was clear to me that starting a podcast was what I needed to do. I had a list of a hundred guests that I was writing down, just like all different people going crazy. This guest, this guest, this guest, like literally going nuts and, and in loving it and thinking like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, this way. And I'm going to, I'm going to have a hundred podcasts. And I'm, so that clarity of thought was a game changer. That clarity of thought and that ability to see myself was the reason why I recommend everyone do it if they possibly can. Did you have any idea that you wanted to do a podcast before this digital de detox? And did people ever tell you that you should do a podcast or motivate you to do that? Yeah. So actually a bunch of, it happened like three times in from the beginning of 2020 to June of 2020. And people, a bunch of people said, oh, you should start a podcast. And I always said, nah, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's not for me. And what happened was what really pushed me over the edge with starting a podcast was that I would have these calls with people from Twitter, just randomly put out who wants to have a call, who wants to who wants to talk? And people yeah. loved it, right? And so because people loved it, I started thinking like, why isn't this recorded? 
this is a shame to not only that person, but also to people who might've been in a similar situation. So I started, I pressed the record button, I built the podcast and that that's how it came to be. That really makes sense to me, Danny, because when I listen to your podcast, it does, it's so organic. And it's like, you are just talking to one of your friends on the phone. I love how, um, everything transpired when you had Gary V on your podcast. I want to, I want to talk about that story on how that came about. I think it's really ironic and it's super funny. Like it, and it, it kind of just shows like, Hey, speak stuff into existence, throw it out there, say what you want to happen. And it does. What, how did you get Gary V on your podcast and how did that conversation uh, get out there? <laughs> yeah. So I guess the conversation and the conversation that I had with Gary started in 2009, when I, I first wrote a blog post about him when I was 13 years old. And I'm not really sure why my 13 year old self actually wrote that blog post, but something about me at that time attracted him to me. And I thought that this was a good person and this person was, was right. And this person was showing the light in some way. And so it started in 2009 with a blog post, then 2011, <laughs> my, I wanted to go to his book signing and my mom wouldn't let me. And, <laughs> and what, what do I do? I, I tweet at him and say, Hey Gary, you know, my mom will let me go to the book signing. He ends up saying, what's her number? Calls her, leaves her a voicemail on the spot. <laughs> and that story like was told so many times to my buddies in college and just was, was a story that I look back on for a long time to remember like, Gary Vaynerchuk's a good dude. You know, he, his heart's in the right place. And so, yeah, what happened was I put my dream guest for the podcast onto Twitter in December of 2020. And that led one way or another to him following me and people going crazy and people telling him that he should be on the podcast. And so, yeah, then he, he decided to come on and and I talked to him, interviewed him, and it was it was a dream come true. It was 11 years in the making, really, but I'm really grateful for that episode. And you guys could check that out if you're listening and are interested in that episode 39 of the Danny Miranda podcast. Yeah, I, I'd highly recommend anyone to listen to it. And I want to point out on how that happened is people were hating on Gary Vee and he place of how can I add value to you? And I think that you embody so what Gary does now. It, it just feels like such a natural brand that's to do good for as many people as possible, add value and just share this great energy. How much of an impact has he had on you over the last 10 or 11 years that you've, you've known about him? Yeah. Tremendous. He's had a tremendous impact and it, it's just something where, he was always in my head. He was always, I'd be making decisions that I would actually look at my, my journal the other day and like, I'm asking myself questions and then figuring out how he would respond because I've consumed so much of his content over the years. So the short answer is, man, he, he's made a tremendous impact on my life. And what he has done for me inspires me to potentially try to help other people in the same way in the future. I love that. I think both of you have um, your own unique self-concept. And I know that you're, you have a, a lot of thoughts on what a self-concept is. Can you talk about 
what is a self-concept and what is your self-concept? Yeah. So your self-concept is how you are looking at yourself, how you are, how you, what you think of yourself. When you think of yourself, are you someone who lifts weights? Are you someone who treats people the right way? These are all things that make up your self-concept and it's made up of a hundred different things and, and it's constantly changing all the time. And I think this is why actually some people don't do meditation or don't do yoga or don't do weightlift or whatever it may be, because they think of themselves and they say, oh, I don't want to be the type of person that does this or does that. And I think that my self-concept has changed a lot over the years, right? Doing 75 hard meditation, these are things that change your self-concept. And at one point, I thought that a self-concept couldn't change. And that's kind of having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. If you're going to look at the work of Carol Dweck from, from Mindset, that book. But yeah, I mean, my current self-concept, right, is that I can achieve anything I want to achieve, that I can pursue the greatest version of myself, that I can inspire others, that I can make the world happier, healthier, and wiser. But these are all the ways that this has all changed in the past, you know, four years. I wasn't that person four years ago, but it just goes to show that if you continue to work on yourself, if you continue to try to move the needle forward one day at a time, good things can happen and you can grow and expand and change. I love how, um, I, I think you shared Danny on one of your podcasts. So like you're saying, Hey, one step forward every day, when you first started your podcast, I believe that you were, you were recording and you didn't know uh, what you wanted your podcast to be named, right? Um, can you talk about how, what you've learned about yourself or how your self-concept has changed as you've grown this podcast from episode one or before the podcast to now at the time of this recording, I think you have 47 episodes out. What is, how, how has Danny Miranda changed and what, what is uh, this podcast taught you? It's a great question. From doing the episodes and from having the conversations, you change as a person. I've been able to interact and talk to so many different amazing people. And the biggest thing that changes, I think, my ability to communicate. When I first started, I, I thought that I was going to take a certain approach, a more conversational approach. And now I start with interview questions and, and talking to people in a much more direct and confident way. So I think that my self-concept has grown from doing the podcast and I'm incredibly grateful for that. And it's just like so crazy to me that we can talk to such incredible people all over the world just from this laptop. Like that idea is so absurd to me and I, I don't want to not take advantage of that opportunity. And that, that's why um, I created it so that I could transport myself to San Diego. So I could transport myself to North America, to, to Europe, to Mexico, all these places with cool people. It's like, I, I feel so blessed every day to do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Danny. There, there's so much that um, you benefit from, from doing a podcast, right? Like before starting this podcast, and I'll, I'll kind of like rewind to um, a year and a half ago, Chase Maher invited me to come on his podcast. And even though he's one of my best friends, I was trying to think of any excuse to not go on because I was nervous. Wow. And 
I wanted, I, one of my motivations for making this podcast is to kind of completely tackle this weakness of conversations like under a recording and feeling this pressure. And for me, like I can already tell that it's done a lot for me and like my developing my conversational skills, even though I'm stumbling over my words right now, (laughs) but what advice would you give to someone who wants to start a podcast and they don't really know if they should or not, or if they don't, they don't know if they have the skill set. Like what, what advice would you have for them? You'll only learn by doing, you only learn by getting in the arena. And yeah, I look back at my first few episodes and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, I didn't know that I could unplug this phone, this house phone right here. Like, like I'm just going on and on. What the hell am I saying? Like all this stuff you look back up, but at the same time, I'm grateful for that, right? Because if I improve to the level that I want to improve as a podcaster, as a conversationalist, then that will show anybody that look how bad the first few were and look at what you can do. And, and people are always trying to hide their flaws. I'm trying to put mine out there. I'm trying yeah. to be real. Like, this is my current level. Yes, it's not Joe Rogan. Yes, it's not Tim Ferriss. But guess what? Those are my aspirations. Those are my role models. Those are where I want to be. And they have, you know, 20 plus years of conversation experience on me. So the point is that I want to grow. I want to develop. And I want to put the, the poor first episodes out there because I want to be able to show people this is what's possible if you continue to put in the work, if you continue to stay in the arena. I love that so much. I mean, it's all about the long game, right? Like you're not worried about what, what do you get out of this podcast or what, what do people get out of this podcast in the next month? It's all about, Hey, I'm going to stay in this. I'm in it for the long haul one year from now, two years, five years from now. Something you've mentioned is that you care so much about what people say and you also don't care about what your listeners have to say at the same time. What does that mean? Yeah, this is amazing. I'm so happy you pointed that out. So in one sense, I really care of the uh, what people say about the episode. If someone you know thinks that I should be saying this instead of that, if someone thinks that I should be approaching things a certain way, if some if someone has a question, I want to answer it. I want to be able to to really satisfy their curiosity about the episode. At the same time, I want to be authentic to myself. I want to be true to me. I want to do what's what feels right to me in this moment, not what feels right to Jimmy, not what feels right to, you know, if I'm doing and trying to think about what is going to be right for you, then that is going to be a not real version of myself. So that's kind of what I mean by when I point out that dichotomy. And I think it's really important as a creator to have that dichotomy because you want you don't exist without fans. You don't exist without people following your work. You are shouting into the void and that could be difficult. So you want to be able to respect their opinion, but at the same time, you want to create what's realist to you, not care about what they say. So I'm always trying to go from one end of the spectrum to the other. Do you feel like um, this year with COVID happening in 2020, you've, you understand what the real Danny Miranda is? much better than before COVID? 100%. And it's because I had a lot more time to spend with myself and listen to myself. And that is the key point. Before COVID, 
before spending a lot of time with myself in meditation sessions and just in nature, I was way more similar to the inputs that I was taking in in any moment. I, whatever my friend said, that could be my opinion or whatever I saw latest on the news or what someone said and someone, the, the greatest tell for this is, are you willing to credit what other, something smart that someone else said as not your own? Because periods in my life when I have just been consuming other people and not sure of myself, I've taken something that Joe Rogan said and said, oh, this is what I found or this is my information, trying to take that as my own. But the truth is, what do you lose? You, you're not being real by saying Joe Rogan didn't do that. So point being, it's like the closer and the more willing you are to give credit to others, the, the more true I have been when I've been listening to myself and figuring myself out. I noticed that you're clearly always learning. You, you mentioned having a growth mindset and not a fixed mindset. I'm a huge fan of that book uh, by Carol Dweck. Um, I know that you're a huge note taker of, you know, I don't know what your method is when you're uh, reading books, but on your website, you have, hey, these are my top books that have, you know, impacted my life. When you're going through reading books and taking notes, what is your process like? Are you Are you reading and saying, hey, how can I apply this tactic or this, method into my life? Like, what is your process like when you're taking notes and writing, writing the, the margins or whatever? <laughs> yeah. So my, my process is, is really trying to pull out anything that's interesting, underline anything that's interesting, write in the margins, anything that's interesting. And then normally what I do is I wait two or three weeks and I type it up. And I have been doing this recently I have so many books that I need to type up. You know, sometimes it's like, it just gets overwhelming. But Definitely. yeah, it's like when, when you just go through that process of then creating it again, of, of then going through the book again, it's like you're relearning the book and rereading the book. So if I can read it again a second time, two weeks later, by just seeing what did I find interesting about this, that has been super helpful. And then a lot of the times I'll put that on my website as well dannymiranda.com slash notes for anyone interested. And it's just, uh, it's just a, a great process that allows me to share openly with others and someone else could benefit from that book without actually having to read it as well. Yeah, I, I fully endorse people going to check out your, your notes from books and you have some really good threads from your uh, Twitter account that you shared to your website as well. And something I want to bring up is the, uh, the three-month rule or the three-month method. Can you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, this was such a key insight for me because I am doing phase one or phase two. I'm going through these programs that I, I do similar to 75 hard, like we talked about. And I realized at one point that who I was, was only a result of what I was doing three months prior. And that people saw me today in this moment as a result of everything I've been doing for the last three months. And it was an unlock for me because it means that today I am working for myself three months from now. And I will always be working for myself for three months from now. Uh, the perfect example of this actually, it's actually crazy that it worked out like this, is that Gary Vaynerchuk came on my podcast three months after I started 
the podcast. And all of a sudden, everyone says, oh, my God, dude, you have a podcast. This is so cool. Oh, my God. Crazy. This is awesome. <laughs> and, and I was like, yes. And I've been working for the past three months, you know, and so but that and I appreciate the congratulations and I appreciate everyone noticing. But it was just funny that that happened three months after I started. And, it, and it's a good reminder for people like you're working today. And people will see that work in three months. And the reason why I've thought about it is because people are busy, man. You know, no one, you launch a podcast, no one's going to notice because no one's got time. Everyone's in a million different places. But if you put in that work consistently, three months down the line, they'll be like, oh, Jimmy has got a podcast. It's killing it. Wow, this is crazy. And it's the same thing with lifting weights. It's the same thing with getting your health rate or your business, whatever it may be. It always applies. And that's not to say that three months you it's done like three months you you've achieved it no three months is when people will notice and three months is when you will start to see external progress from your internal goals i love that um dude whether yeah whether it's a reading habit whether it's working out running lifting weights right i know that this year you've had a totally different um social approach just like anybody else with 2020 and your alcohol consumption is different now than it was in the past. Um, same for me. I've been, I've been drinking way less this year. Um, can you talk about what that's done for your mental clarity and your energy and just like your overall outlook on life? Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy because alcohol was such a part of my life from the time I was probably 16 years old to 24. Like, drinking once a weekend, you know, twice a weekend, three times a weekend, you know, like a crazy amount of drinking. And COVID really put it in perspective. I was, I stopped drinking and I didn't make a decision to stop drinking. It just March 1st was the last time I went out in 2020 and I haven't had a drink in quarantine. And part of that was doing the programs. And part of that was just realizing that it didn't serve me anymore. Alcohol didn't serve me. Alcohol didn't benefit me in, in any real way. And the benefits I've got from it are incredible. It's just the momentum, the clarity of thought, that ability to communicate myself, that lack of hangover, the ability to keep going. And it's Sunday and you're still ready to work and you're still ready to go. And it's just that enjoyable experience of life and building. So yeah, I think that no alcohol is something that everyone should consider trying out for at least three months because it's something that's so normalized and we don't even give it any thought about how normalized it is. I didn't at least, and I wasn't aware of the role it played. So I think that it's a huge reason for any small thing I've created over the past nine months and 10 months and built that momentum. And I would highly recommend others check it out as well and see if it's for them. The, the concept of not drinking and just how, how it is for someone, you know, in our general age group in society, like I'm 28 right now. And for so long, it's kind of like the default of, Hey, we're going to drink this weekend and make plans around that. I, I, I totally agree. I think it's, it's just way too normalized. And I, it's, it's definitely something that people need to kind of have some self introspection, think about why are they actually drinking and what type of impact that has on them socially? Are they are they doing it because they're insecure or are they drinking to be more social and be more comfortable with people? And for me, I, I feel like moving forward, don't want to drink as much because I feel like it's, 
made me more comfortable to chat with different people. And I want to get to that point to just be comfortable to talk to anybody in any situation without alcohol. I'm not saying I'm never going to drink again. I totally will. Um, it's inevitable, like in my industry and as a DJ and stuff, I want to talk real quick, Danny, about how being able to live uh, uh, in a higher level of consciousness and the book conscious living, I think, um, can you talk about that book and how that book's changed your life? Yeah. So the book was really interesting because I started to have this transformation starting in March. I mean, it's started in 2018, if we want to be real, but yeah. in March of this year. And I read Conscious Living in August of 2020. And I, I said to myself, oh my God, this is what I followed from March to August. This is the plan that people can follow. This is a way that people can benefit their own lives and ask these questions and live consciously and, and be able to, to live as their truest version of themselves. And so the, it was really crazy too, because then I talked to Gay Hendricks for the podcast, which I'll be releasing sometime in January. And it's just like, and it's crazy that life goes full circle that way, where you read something and then you talk to the person who created it. But I, couldn't thank this book enough because this book gave me the questions to ask, the questions to ask others, the ability to, the, the practices to follow and talks deeply about meditation. And, and so, yeah, this book is, is one I definitely need to revisit in 2021, reread one of those books you need to reread and go through again, because there's so much in it that it will grow as I grow. I have a feeling with this Conscious Living by Gay Hendricks. Can you chat, uh, Danny, real quick about why it's hard for you to recommend a book to somebody? Yes, absolutely. It's really interesting because I think I do it too. I throw around book recommendations like crazy. I say, these are the best books I read. But it's hard to give a book recommendation without knowing the actual things that the person is dealing with in their own life and the way that they are going about it. And you need so much information to give a real book recommendation. What I like to do is I like to direct people to my website and I've gone through these books. I've enjoyed them. But when I'm reading a book, I often feel as if it, it's calling me like, this is the book I should be reading at this point in time. And you, you feel that way as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's so crazy because it's like, okay, like this will help me in this situation or that situation, but I can't give you a book recommendation if I don't know everything that's going on in your life. So I think that's why I'm hesitant to do that. And I just like to throw a bunch of stuff out there and see if it hits with anyone. And if, and if something hits or something calls to you, you see the summary, you like the title, something about it catches your eye, buy it. You, you'll never... You'll never lose anything from buying a book that could help you change your life. I just think like every book that we buy is a, if one sentence changes your life, then that makes the entire book worth it. So I like to buy it and then just have it around my house. When, when it strikes me, I got like so many books right in front of me right here, but it's like, yeah. okay, now's the time. I'll pick it up, see if it's for me and, and then just go from there. I think with books and reading, it's all about your attitude. Like when you pick it up and you have the attitude, hey, I can benefit from this. You have to put your ego aside to really re learn, right? Um, 
I can tell in your brand and the things that you tweet and the information you share, you have no ego. Like you just tweeted out something along the lines of, Hey, when you're walking down the street and you see a stranger thinking your mind, like I, you're saying, I love you to this person. Where does that come from? Like that, that, that level of selflessness, like where'd you get that idea from? And just talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know where I got that idea from man. Like, I, it might've been something I read in a book and picked up and, and don't remember where yeah. probably because it sounds like a good idea, but it, in truth, it just is an extension of loving yourself. If you are loving yourself and you truly feel the love for yourself, obviously you want other people to feel that love as well. And what better way to do that than literally tell them you love them. And it's so crazy multiple times what's happened to me when I've done this is people will smile at me. Dogs will start approaching. Like it's like almost a magnet and it it doesn't happen every time, but when it does, I'm always like, wow, there's something going on here that I really can't explain a weird coincidence or a weird synchronicity or weird, just the way people look at you. And in truth, it's like, you're more open. So when you're more open and this, I learned this as a podcast host as well. When you're more open, other people are willing to more be, are more willing to be open as well and more forgiving of you for mistakes and more able to share their story with ease. And it's really comes down to being open, right? And loving yourself and loving someone else and allowing that communication to put you guys together in that moment. And you telling them you love them is almost connecting and uniting both you and that other person in that moment. Danny, where can people... um join you on your journey and uh, check out your podcast and follow you on social media. Yeah. So it is twitter.com slash. Hey, Danny Miranda is the best place to find me and the best place to let me know what you think of this episode and what you just think of everything I've said. And then from there, you could join my newsletter. You can listen to my podcast. It's all over the place. And I really hope that if you found value in anything I said and want, want to learn more, you check all those out. Awesome, Danny. Dude, I, I couldn't thank you enough. Like, uh, shout out to Do for, uh, connect, you know, putting you on my radar and the legend. Yeah, connecting us. And yeah, man, it's crazy how social media kind of, you know, brings people together and creates communities. I really encourage everybody to check out Danny on Twitter, check out his website, listen to the Danny Miranda podcast. And uh, thank you very much for joining us, man. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I couldn't thank you enough. Thank you, Jimmy. This has been so much fun. And I really appreciate you taking the time and your energy and incredible questions. You have a real bright future ahead of you if you stick this one out. And I'm excited to, to just see your journey and follow it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danny. We'll, uh, we'll chat and uh, do this again in the future. Can't wait. Thank you.